Chapter 19 No! Victoria yelled as she rushed for the instrument. Too late. It hit the ground, then the table collapsed onto it with a heart-wrenching crack. She snatched it from the floor. A strangled cry escaped her lips. The fingerboard had smashed into the body of the instrument, which split down the middle. It can't be broken. Not now. For a year. She crumpled to her knees. Jerry dropped next to her and held her close. Adrian yanked the cardboard hippo off her head and crawled out from under the sheet. She gasped. Victoria, I'm so sorry. I couldn't see. I'm sure insurance will cover it. Rage surged through Victoria's veins and burned from the inside out as the full force of the situation hit her. You think insurance will cover this? I'm pretty sure this falls under the category of gross negligence. What would I say? A girl in a giant hippo costume knocked it over? They'd never take me seriously. Adrian lowered her eyes. I suppose you're right. This wouldn't have happened if you hadn't worn those ridiculous heels, Victoria cried. Now look what you've done. Adrian's eyes widened, her jaw set. Look what I've done? I wouldn't break an instrument on purpose. That was you. Don't you remember? Let me refresh your memory. Adrian straightened her shoulders. We both performed our violin solos for the Belton Young Artists competition. After an intense round of judging, you came in second, and I won first. Victoria groaned. Please don't share this story. Not in front of Jerry. I'd hoped you could be happy for your little sister, but of course not. Instead, when you heard the results, you flew into a rage, grabbed my precious violin, and whacked it against the wall. Victoria's cheeks burned as humiliation enveloped her like a shroud. Her hands turned clammy. She'd spent years trying to forget that moment, and now it was out in the open for everyone to hear. Adrian's nostrils flared. After that, I vowed never to compete against you again. I even switched to viola to differentiate myself from you. Instead of Victoria's little tag-along, I became my own person. But you never accepted me, the real me. And you never learned to control your temper. Icy silence filled the air. Victoria froze. What could she say? It was all true. Mortification crashed over her like an ocean wave. I was the reason you never wanted to play the violin again? Adrian nodded. Victoria closed her eyes as the children's choir began to sing. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. How ironic. Several moments passed before she opened them again. Adrian still stared at her, as well as everyone else in the room, including Jerry. I'm sorry, Victoria said weakly, a crack in her voice. I never should have. Girls, it's time! Mom peeked her head backstage. Grab your instruments! Victoria blinked. But I... Here, take this. Marie shoved her own violin into Victoria's hands. Now go! Adrian scooped up her viola, then Victoria and Louisa followed her on stage. Their mother's voice rang out through the microphone. This next song holds a special place in my heart. It's one I've treasured since childhood. 
written by composer Adolphe Adam in 1847 to the French poem Minuit Chrétien. The hymn tells the story of our Savior's birth. I hope you enjoy the music as we perform O Holy Night. Louisa made her way to the piano while Victoria and Adrian took their places next to each other. After the piano's opening bars, Mom's soprano floated through the air. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Her silver dress sparkled in the shimmering light, like the stars about which she sang. Adrian's viola joined her with the harmony as Mom continued. Long live the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Victoria closed her eyes and let the music wash over her. Dear God, I've made a mess. I haven't loved my brother, or in this case my sister, as myself. Please help me to change, to remedy past wrongs. Give me the strength. conclusion of the stanza cued Victoria. She lifted the instrument to her shoulder. With a nod to Adrian, they began the next verse together. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. The lyrics reached a deep corner of Victoria's soul, one she'd ignored far too long. As she pulled her bow across the strings, the notes blended like angel voices in perfect harmony. She drew a deep breath, and a sense of peace filled her heart. Mom's sweet voice continued to ring through the hall. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. God, break the chains that have kept us apart, and help us to love each other as you love us. Sweet hymns of joy, in grateful chorus raise we, let all within us praise his holy name. The violin's descant blended with the soprano, and the viola's rich alto like a prayer to heaven. As mom approached the climactic high note, she turned to face her daughters. Christ is the Lord, or praise his name forever. His power and glory evermore. 
worshipful silence stole over the audience as the notes trailed away. The power of the moment surpassed words. Several seconds later, vigorous applause broke out. Mom covered her heart and took a deep bow. Then she extended her arms to her daughters, and they all bowed together. That was surreal, Marie clapped Victoria on the back when she returned backstage. I loved it. Thanks, Victoria smiled. Jerry approached, and Victoria dropped her gaze. Divine. He caressed her cheeks with his fingertips. She lifted her eyes to his. That was the best I've heard you perform. Really? It was only a simple hymn. He brushed a strand of hair from her face. I said you and Adrian would make a dynamic duo if you ever learned to work together. She leaned into his palm. You were right. Hurry! Time for the finale! Hurry! Stella exclaimed. Victoria grimaced. In the wonder of the moment, she'd forgotten they were short an instrument. Go on, Marie said, as if reading her mind. No one listens to the second violinist anyway. Victoria shook her head. This is yours. You can play the first violin for a change. Marie's eyes widened. Are you sure? Of course. Victoria handed over the instrument. After your solo in the Dvorak string quartet, Jingle Bell Rock should be easy. Besides, it's more your style. I'm a classical girl. Marie beamed. Thanks, Victoria. As the other musicians took their places on stage, Victoria picked up her cracked violin. She ran fingers along the broken wood. It wasn't a Stradivarius, but it was hers, and now it was smashed like her dream of playing concertmaster. Two slender arms wound their way around her waist. Good job tonight, Mom whispered. I'm proud of you. Victoria wiped a tear from her eyes. Thanks, but you deserve the credit. You were the soloist. Mom turned to face her. I wasn't talking about the song. You weren't? Victoria blinked. No, I'm proud of how you apologized to Adrian. How'd you know? Louisa told me. I'm also proud that you let Marie play first violin for a change. Victoria shrugged. She deserves the chance every now and then. Besides, it's her violin. She buried her face in Mom's chest. I don't have one anymore. <laughs> Mom ran a hand through Victoria's hair. Don't give up. Dad and I will help you get a new instrument after the holidays. Victoria shook her head. No, Mom, you guys have already done so much. I can't ask that of you. Not the caliber of violin Professor Chang would require. Probably a Stradivarius. Victoria peeled off her gloves as she crossed the threshold into the house to the smell of gingerbread, mingled with cinnamon and cloves, wafting through the air. Marie hung her coat in the closet. Want some hot chocolate? I do! Stella discarded her boots, hat, and gloves on the floor. Mom frowned. No hot chocolate for you until you pick up your things. Oh, all right! Stella scowled as she bent to retrieve her clothes. Victoria moved to the music room, where a Christmas tree stood in majestic glory in front of the bay window. Golden balls and crystal ornaments hung from verdant branches. White lights twinkled amidst the pine needles. At the top of the tree, a porcelain angel dressed in satin and diamond-tipped wings clutched a violin beneath her chin. Stella and Adrian entered arm-in-arm arm and sat together on the plush sofa. 
Marie followed with a tray of seven mugs of hot chocolate. She placed it on the glass coffee table, snatched a mug, then sank onto the floor in front of the fireplace. Louisa moved to the table, grabbed her hot chocolate, and scooted next to Marie. With a glance at the couch, Victoria sighed, scooped up two mugs, and handed them to Adrian and Stella. Adrian extended her hand for the drink. Merci. Their eyes met, and a hint of a smile played at the corner of Adrian's mouth. It was a start. Victoria retrieved her own hot chocolate and sat next to Stella. Last of all, Dad and Mom took their seats in the large armchairs like a king and queen on their thrones. Since it's Christmas Eve, let's take a few minutes to remember the reason for the season. Dad opened the well-worn, leather-bound family Bible. I'll begin with Luke 2. And it came to pass in those days that all the world should be taxed. And Joseph also went to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Every time Dad introduced a new character in the Christmas story, the girls took turns placing it in the stable on the fireplace mantle. Murray beamed as she carried in the Mother Mary, while Stella sang, Angels we have heard on high, with the angel clasped in her hands. Victoria's heart melted at one of her favorite Christmas traditions. Excellent job, girls. Dad reached for another antique book and settled back in his chair. The Night Before Christmas by Clement Moore. He donned a Santa hat and pulled out a pair of spectacles. "'Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. If only Santa would bring her a new violin. How could she practice without one? How long would it take her to find a new one? Would it even be good enough to win the concerto competition? Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Dad closed the old book while Mom handed each of the girls red and green plaid fuzzy pajamas. Time for bed. Santa can't come until you're asleep. Adrian rolled her eyes. Mom, we're not little kids anymore. There's no need for the charade. Mom's hands flew to her hips. Then you know better than to cross Mrs. Claus on Christmas Eve. Put your jammies on and get some sleep. Victoria chuckled. Good night, Mom. Wake up! Victoria's eyes popped open as a giant flurry of fleece landed on top of her. Stella, what in the world? It's Christmas! I can't wait to open my stocking! Victoria rubbed her eyes. What time is it? Seven! Stella jumped off the bed. I've been up since six, but Mom told me I couldn't wake up anyone until now. I want to peek in my stocking. She sprinted from the room. Victoria slid out of bed and shuffled to the landing. Would Adrian be up at this hour? Probably not. The delicious aroma of cinnamon and cloves permeated the air. Her stomach grumbled. Mom's famous cinnamon rolls. Garland encircled the banister to the staircase and sparkled with twinkle lights. In the kitchen, Mom bent over the oven and pulled out a pan of golden rolls. Merry Christmas, Victoria slid her arms around Mom's waist. Merry Christmas, dear. I hope you slept well. Mom wiped her hands on her Mrs. Claus apron and gave her a hug. I did until Stella jumped on me. Mom laughed. She's excited. Beyond her, Marie stirred a large pot on the stove, steam floating upward. Victoria breathed in the spicy aroma. That smells delicious, Marie. What is it? I wanted to try this wassail recipe. Cranberry and orange juice, spices, and rosemary. 
Sounds festive. It's ready now. Marie reached for a snowman mug, ladled in the crimson liquid, and passed it to Victoria. The zesty spices reinvigorated her as they danced on her tongue. Louisa shuffled in and swiped a strand of long hair from her eyes. Merry Christmas, everyone! Good morning, Louisa. Do you want to help me decorate the cinnamon rolls? Mom handed her a spatula with snowflakes printed on it. Sure, Louisa yawned. I arranged them in a circle to look like a wreath. We'll use red and green frosting for holly. Mom set two bowls of icing onto the counter. Stella burst into the room, dragging Adrian by the hand. Time for presents! Breakfast first! Mom pulled out a set of porcelain snowman plates. You can set the table! Stella's bottom lip protruded, but she obeyed. Good morning, Adrian. The words sounded unnatural from Victoria's mouth. This would take practice. How can anything this early be good? Adrian blew a wisp of hair from her eyes and turned on the coffee pot. The back door opened. Dad entered and scraped off his boots. Hello, girls. Looks like we got our white Christmas. He wiped a few snowflakes from his coat. Merry Christmas, Dad! Stella ran and flung her arms around his neck. I love you! He grinned. I love you, too. Mom placed fruit salad on top of the poinsettia-embroidered tablecloth. Everyone sit down. Time for breakfast. A circle of iced cinnamon rolls formed the perfect wreath as a centerpiece. Dad took a seat at the table and bowed his head. Dear God, thank you for this wonderful Christmas morning. We are so grateful for the birth of your son, Jesus. I pray we may enjoy the special day when we can all be together as a family. Amen. Amen, the girls echoed. Victoria glanced at Adrian, who examined her plate. Hard read. Victoria took a cinnamon roll and bit into the soft bread. Delicious. The sweet icing melted in her mouth. Dad turned to Stella. I hear someone's ready to open presents. Yes, she giggled. I can't wait. Eat fast, everybody. A few minutes later, they cleared their dishes and returned to the music room, where five stockings hung from the mantel, one for each girl. Victoria grabbed her red one and peered inside. Makeup, Adrian said as she waved a blush brush in the air. Check out this eyeshadow and lipstick. Santa has good taste. Marie nodded. I love my new lip gloss. So natural. She tore open a chocolate Santa wrapper and popped the candy in her mouth. I got makeup too. Louisa held up a tube of mascara. I have no idea how to use this thing. You'll get better with practice, Adrian applied crimson red lipstick to her own mouth. You should use it now that you're in high school. Louisa didn't look convinced. Stella tipped her stocking upside down and shook everything out. Candy canes, chocolates, and a green envelope fell to the floor. She pushed the candy aside and held up a small tube. She scrunched her nose in protest. Chapstick? That's it? Why didn't I get cool makeup like everyone else? Mom pursed her red lips. Probably because Santa knows about the no makeup before you're 13 rule. I'll be 13 this summer. The next year Santa might bring you some. Stella rolled her eyes. What's in the envelope? Adrian asked. Do you other girls have them too? Victoria rummaged in her stocking. Sure enough, a green envelope. What could it be? 
Maybe tickets to a symphony concert? Dad scooted to the edge of his chair. His eyes sparkled with excitement. Everyone opened them together on the count of three. One, two, three. Victoria tore open the envelope and gasped. Tickets! Tella squealed and threw her arms around Dad's neck. Victoria squinted at the paper in hand. To where? A vacation? Dad's smile widened. New York. She jumped to her feet. Are you serious? When do we leave? Our flight's at six tomorrow morning. He arched his eyebrows in a down-to-business sort of look. We'll need to leave at 4.30. Ugh! Adrian sank onto the couch. Who wants to be up that early? Mom frowned. Those who want a trip to New York, that's who. I can't believe you're taking us there. Victoria ran to Dad and kissed him on the cheek. He enveloped her in his arms. I figured, since you're set on moving there, we'd better check it out with you. Tears threatened to spill. Thanks, Dad.